how do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here with the Scale Up Show. Got an awesome guest today. I have Jeff Buzdafka, who... And some really cool things that we talked about in this episode that we've never addressed before. He was a succession to a founder who died during COVID, who was a mentor. He is in a technology hall of fame. And on top of it, breaks down how to increase TAM in a capital efficient manner. While on top of it, doing too, um, unlocks a strategy where by making some simple improvements to churn, you can increase lifetime customer value from 500,000 to 2 million. You're not going to want to miss this. This is awesome. Check it out. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome everybody to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Jeff Buzdafka, currently the CEO of Nowland, uh, which is Insight as a Service, and he's a seasoned leader in hospitality and tech. He was the COO at TravelClick, which is a PE-backed company where he led it from 30 million to 250 million. In addition, Jeff also served as an SVP of global hotel tech at Hyatt, where he managed the property tech roadmap for a thousand plus hotels worldwide. Jeff, what's happening? Hi, Ryan. Glad to uh, be with you uh, today. And hey, by the way, good job on the last name. Most people don't get it right. So you did great. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I had to practice in my head a couple of times. I'm not going to lie. And the other thing we didn't mention about Jeff, so thank you for the compliment, is Jeff is also a, men, uh, a member of the Hospitality Technology Hall of Fame. I had to put that in there, man. Uh, so congrats to you on that. Thank you. It's all about the people I've uh, worked with and the companies and organizations. So I'm excited for that opportunity and the recognition. And I'm going to have that in the tease before the show. We've got a Hall of Fame around the show. So I'm not, I'm not going to give specifics. They, they can let their minds wander where it is, but that's still really cool, man. Well, and then a future Hall of Famer, you know, this is just an anticipation of Aaron Rodgers uh, making uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, that I'm talking to a Bears fan. I had to work Aaron Rodgers yeah. in. Sorry, bro. That, that, that's okay. We know it's going to happen. He's slaughtered us for years. <laughs> so um, I, I, I accept it as uh, fate. That it's going to happen. Um, but anyways, so so Jeff, let's do a real quick revenue rundown so everybody has some context on, you know, where your company is at in the journey. So um, where are you at in terms of AR? Yeah, that's a, a, a bit of a longer story. But, uh, you know, we play in the hospitality space and specifically we're focused on groups and events and, you know, clearly with the pandemic hospitality and meetings and events were decimated. We are uh, a shadow of where we were uh, pre-pandemic, uh, but we're still you know, healthy uh, and profitable as a company. Uh, we expect to finish this year just above 20 million in ARR. And we're clearly in a recovery phase. Yeah, no, and we'll, we'll get into that in the episode because I'd love to hear the Thank details you. of that. Uh, and then what's your primary go-to-market strategy for revenue growth? You know, in looking at it, uh, you know, our initial uh, you know, focus with the TAM uh, that was defined as uh, I stepped in, and I've been with Nolan now for just uh, almost at uh, one full year, is uh, we are, and you had mentioned it, uh, started with a, we're a SaaS-based business, 
uh, we described as data as a service is. And I like to say it's more about insight. It's not the data itself. It's what you do with the data, locking the value. So we're insight as a service uh, that is focused on hospitality, and that's the hotel uh, business. We work with our hotels, and our primary uh, value prop is fairly straightforward, and it's focused on helping our hotels understand how they are doing in selling meetings and events and uh, filling event space. So competitive set intelligence and a scorecard of how we're doing. Where the real value in the service that we provide is we take the data that we have collected and we have data for uh, over 20 million uh, actualized events over the history uh, of Noland and we are con uh, continuing at thousands of events on a daily basis is creating and taking that data and actionable insights. Think of it as lead generation, helping hotels understand how they can sell better, how they can get out in front of RFPs, and to fill their hotels with a more profitable business. So think of it as a competitive set intelligence and a sales enablement platform for hospitality. Okay, cool. And, and so do you do that um, through predominantly sales, marketing, product-led? Like, what's your, your motion in terms of how the team executes on that? So, you know, obviously, you know, a, a company is not, uh, you know, have a great foundation without people uh, and product. And, you know, Ryan, we look at it, well, you know, we are uh, obviously a, a sales-forced organization, recognizing and ensuring we have a strong foundation. Uh, we have a strong product and a platform that we bring to market. Without that, we wouldn't be able uh, to sell. Um, as we are and where we're at right now in almost a restart phase, it's really uh, you know taking the product we have and bringing it and reintroducing it into the market. Um, with the decimation in hospitality and the people we sell to are salespeople. And my sales team has a bit of a challenge. You know, salespeople selling to salespeople, uh, it can be a bit of a challenge. But what we've seen is a significant turnover of people. People have left hospitality, either they were forced to leave because of the pandemic or chose to leave because of the impact of hospitality on pandemic. So it's a restart of how we sell and bring products and a reintroduction of a product set that has been in market for some time. But our growth strategy in our short term during what is very much a recovery period is focused on win back and bringing the customers back, getting us back to the levels we were in 19, reintroducing our product sets, reestablishing our relationships, so as we introduce new products and get through expansion, as we look to next year and beyond, we have rebuilt uh, the base. So predominantly sales-led, but uh, it, it takes the entire organization for sales to be effective. Oh, definitely. Totally agree with you. And, and how large is your team right now? Uh, again, similar to our revenue, a fraction of where we were in 19. We're roughly 70 people uh, today, and that's... Uh, our um, full-time colleagues. We also have a network of consultants and partners that we utilize to be able to dial up and dial down 
So all in all, if you look uh, across our consulting and third-party partnership network, we're closer to the neighborhood of uh, over 200 people, but direct staff members right about 70. Okay, perfect. And then are you bootstrapped or funded? Uh, so we are funded. We are private equity backed, although our founder is still a major shareholder and uh, fairly active uh, and engaged uh, in the business, especially from a product vision standpoint. But we are private equity backed. Okay, excellent, man. So that's a really good perspective. You know, it sounds like you've had some pullback because of the pandemic, which is totally normal. So I mean, obviously, you have a, some really unique experience because you have a combination of domain expertise when it comes to everything that you did at Hyatt. But at the same time, you, you got the SaaS side of, of what you did at TravelClick. So can you just walk us through your story and how you got to this point and, you know, what got you here? Um, I'd love to hear that and just have an understanding of that. Well, uh, how much time do we have, Ryan? It's uh, a bit <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll try to sp uh, speed it up, though. A funny thing happened on my way to becoming a dentist is I took a part-time job working at Hyatt, uh, bussing tables, uh, and I was still in high school. And I just fell in love with the hospitality industry. So rather than pursuing a career in oral surgery, I decided to jump in to hospitality, my degrees in hospitality leadership, uh, joined Hyatt uh, many, many years ago as a corporate management trainee, and I was fast-tracked to um, for general manage manager role. Um, and a funny thing happened uh, then is uh, when I was ready for my next promotion, they didn't have a role for me at the time, but they said, take this temporary job working in our technology team helping our operators better understand how to utilize technology. That temporary six-month assignment turned into six years life-altering events. So if you ever take a temporary assignment, be careful. It could uh, lead <laughs> to something new and exciting. And that's where my passion, and I identified my passion for life. I consider myself a hotel operator first and foremost, and my passion is about providing caring service. Getting a taste of technology and the intersection of bringing hospitality and technology together and using technology to scale uh, change, uh, you know, to enable change, simplify life, create better experiences, and ultimately drive results that matter is what uh, really excites me. And I've worked on both the hotel side, many years, 20 years of Hyatt, uh, two different stints equal. But then I've been a hospitality technology provider in a SaaS-based uh, world, having worked both for, uh, for Pegasus, TravelClick as our chief operating officer, and then um, at Nolan. So really having the understanding of your, the end customer and being able to think like a customer, understand the pain points that they have, gives me a bit of a, uh, a, a, a better view, if you would, to help grow the business and help bring new products and solutions to the marketplace. Uh, also, uh, I co-chair the Vendor Advisory Council for American Hotel and Lodging Association, which um, as new technology is being brought into the marketplace, um, oftentimes the technology does not get properly integrated. And I think uh, you know another thing we as the vendor community need to do a better job is working together. So how do we get SaaS companies to come together 
to not only help the industry, but also to help us build out our own business model, quite frankly, and earn a few shekels uh, along the way. Um, so I'll stop there, much more in my past, uh, but uh, really that's kind of my journey to how I got into hospitality technology and uh, involved in uh, a SaaS-based uh, insight as a service company. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great primer. So how, how did you end up at Nolan then? So um, I was extremely happy uh, at Hyatt. I am who I am largely uh, because of Hyatt. Great company, great culture, great vision. But as I told um, uh, you know, the president of operations every once in a while would say, Jeffrey, a flight risk, I said, only thing I have to worry about is if a private equity firm approached me that I respect and would consider working for, that gave me the opportunity to stay in hospitality, an opportunity to either be a COO in a larger company or a CEO in a smaller company, um, you don't have to worry. And I wasn't uh, looking. <laughs> um, unfortunately, and I took a board seat uh, with uh, Birch Street which gave me a little bit of a taste of what I remembered I really liked and working in that PE-backed uh, world. And that introduced me to Sound Capital. And uh, about a year later, um, as a result of the pandemic, uh, Nolan lost its CEO uh, to COVID. And it was a gentleman who I worked uh, with at uh, TravelClick, who was the CEO, a gentleman by the name of Bob Post, great friend and one of the best business mentors I had. So, you know, part of it was answering the call, PE backed, uh, giving me an opportunity as CEO in a company where I'm passionate about the work. Hospitality will not come back until groups and events come back. So it gave me that opportunity to embrace mm -hmm. that passion and help the industry uh, through the recovery. And then that personal emotional tie, being able to uh, carry on the mission and uh, execute, of course, make some changes along the way, but execute the vision uh, that Bob had put in place. That's awesome. Long answer. Sorry, Ryan. And well, not awesome that you're, you know, he passed away, but what I mean is awesome that you decided to pick up the torch and run with it. I think that's really cool. And very unique, like you said, and I think there's anybody else who's had that kind of same journey as you. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Um, so let's let's talk growth, right? Revenue growth with, with your business. What's right now? I mean, what would you say is your number one single biggest challenge with with growing the company? It is, you know, in looking at, uh, again, the constraints is operating, you know, within a constrained uh, environment. We are still very much in a recovery and a restart mode. So being able to prioritize the work and focus on those items that get around those constraints and building back uh, the ARR, uh, addressing, you know, churn and focusing and ensuring the, the base. Job one is recovery and stabilization of the base. Then as I look at what's beyond recovery, you know, there are six areas where we have, as we've identified how we expand our TAM, and I believe we um, have the opportunity uh, over the course of the next three to five years to significantly expand our TAM and probably expand the TAM uh, at least tenfold to a TAM opportunity of 800 to 900 million. But then as I look at how do I build that out and knowing we have constraints, 
and you can't start on all six uh, together. And it's prioritization of those efforts and being able to lean in on those items that are maybe a little bit less risky and less capital intense, but still allows us to get some wins uh, on the board. Um, which builds up and probably the shorter answer to the question is, you know, coming into a company that was decimated by COVID, being in hospitality, being in groups and events, and then losing uh, a leader who is very much respected, the company, uh, the, the people you need to be built back up and focused on the art of the possible. And there are, you know, opportunities, you know, to win. Uh, in the last year, our MRR is up nearly 30%. Our customer count is up significantly. Our churn is down uh, by almost 93%. Uh, so in looking at where we're at and that decimation is get people to look beyond and uh, look at the art of the possible versus the hell, frankly, that we've all been through over the last uh, couple of years. But I am super excited. I'm not a, a maintainer. While I can maintain, I'm more of a builder. And, uh, you know, job one is getting us back to where we are in 19, but then it's getting all those pieces in place to unlock more value from the data that we currently have, add uh, additional data sets, additional products, and, uh, you know, looking at international expansion as well to be able to tap in uh, further to that expanded TAM. So to start the concurrent crises and uh, that we're all dealing with, uh, being able to still remain hopeful and uh, you know, put ourselves in a position to not only recover, but take advantage uh, of that TAM expansion. Well, and, and let's, so real quick, what was your, what was your ARR in 19? You mentioned a couple of times. In 19, so. it was nearly, it was just over 30 million. Okay. So you, you had a, a drop. It wasn't um, like a, you didn't get cut in half, but I mean, it's still a sizable chunk. So of those, those six pillars or those six growth strategies, I heard you mention international, you know, what's the number one growth strategy um, that you're going to deploy to recover from this and grow to, to take your company back to the next level? Yeah, so, you know, if, if we look at, um, you know, and, and I'll hit on, you know, the three areas from a growth standpoint. The first sure. is um, doing something very similar that I was, you know, we were very successful when I was at uh, Pegasus and we were at TravelClick. We started out as a North American company and hospitality is, you know, the hotel business has a lot of similarities globally. And the ability then and the same types of needs, the same types of operational challenges, sales challenges, revenue management challenges, you know, exist. So the ability to be able to take the product and bring it, uh, you know, internationally and sell it internationally, especially with building uh, relationships at the brand level. So working the likes of a Hyatt, Hilton, Marriott that have global expansion ensuring we have the solid relationships above property that will allow us to bring our products uh, international. There's some things we need to do for localization, but I think our product is well positioned to bring it from an inter to international growth expansion. Second part is, again, this comes back to knowing the industry um, and understanding the complexity, hospitality, 
selling into hospitality is complex, but I look at it as opportunity as well. You know, one would think hotel business relatively simple, but you have hotel level and that hotel has a management team. But above that, it sits an ownership group and the ownership group typically has an asset manager. You have the chain or brand and you may have a franchise organization above as well. So there are typically four people involved that need the data and to be able to use the data differently. Nolan has been extremely successful selling at property level. And not that we've ignored the other three, but it was all focused on how we can help at the property level. We look at it from a TAM expansion opportunity to go above property. We can use the same data set to answer different questions. An owner has different questions. An owner may be owning multiple properties in their portfolio that may even cross multiple brands. We are in a position to provide that portfolio view or the wrapper for them to better understand the performance of their asset and how the team that they've enlisted to manage it are doing in effectively selling the assets. So in it, International expansion is one leg of the stool, penetration into the enterprise and that above property piece, and then that plays into international expansion. The other thing is you know, looking at you know, just providing the insights or providing the data doesn't mean your end users really understand what it is that they're, they need to do with the data set. And as teams have been decimated, not just within Nolan, but our customers, and they're rebuilding their operating model, this is an opportunity for us to redraw the line and where we engage and how we help the industry retool and rebuild. So there's also an opportunity to put a professional services wrapper on top that improves the stickiness, the engagement with our platform, and again, works to build that relationship as we bring new products and solutions into the market, as the saying goes, it's a lot easier to sell to a happy customer than go out and find new. So largely working on building in addition to the insights as a services, a professional services wrapper, all built around continuing to reduce churn and uh, increase upsell opportunity. So of the six things we were looking at for TAM expansion, the easiest to execute, and again, building confidence of the team and capabilities, those are the three we will lean into for 23 to 24. And then prepping for you know, the looking at new products, uh, introducing uh, maybe you know, while we're selling in the meeting planner space, I'm sorry, in the... Um, hotelier side, which is the supply side, there's the demand side as well, uh, being meeting planners, and there's an opportunity for us to then extend and look at ways to provide services and solutions to the meeting planners, again, using the same base uh, of data. So there's a lot of different um, opportunities uh, to work through for expansion. But I'm picking those that are you know, lower risk initially, requiring less capital to start with, because I'm still, we have to recognize we are still very much in a recovery and uh, rebuild. 
Yeah, I, th I think that's a great strategy. So let me just read. Well, first of all, before I do a quick recap, how much from those top three that you mentioned, I mean, ballpark, how much would you say your TAM expanded from X to Y ballpark? Well, and I know that's kind of a that, uh, you know, just by you know, leaning in in those three areas, looking at that will um, about two and a half, maybe three X uh, TAM expansion. Okay. I believe awesome. that those three alone will enable us, uh, you know, again, setting the concurrent crises that uh, the world is dealing with. Uh, you can't ignore it, but uh, you, you, you can only work on that, which, in, you know, worry about that, which we, you can control. I see a you know, relatively clean line of sight to get the uh, company to 50 million in ARR by the end of 25. Okay, that's awesome. So it, let me just play that back to you. So the top three are, you know, international, right? Um, then looking at the different levels, right? The hotel level, the ownership group level, the franchise level, and the brand level. Because you, the good thing is, it sounds like you did really good at the ownership level. So they'd have cross-brand hotels. Um, and then, like, I'm familiar with how hotels work, too, where they, they have a GM in a lot of cases per hotel that has autonomous decision-making. So you looked at kind of the decision-making process, you looked at international, and then last but not least is the PS wrapper that you could um, get around that to not only get uh, closer to your clients, but to provide stickiness and additional revenue for churning up sales. So did I nail all of them? Yes, the top three, I should say? Yes, you did. Okay, cool. So that's awesome, man. Two and a half to three X to your TAM. So if you could, you know, because this is a great exercise, everybody always... I would not always, but would love opportunities to like, hey, how do we expand our TAM? How do we serve a better customer base? Um, is there like a framework, like a mental framework that you go through when you're looking at this in terms of like, OK, how do we approach it? I heard you say, you know, um, what's easiest and most capital efficient for us to execute. So like what's your mental framework when you're trying to look at expanding TAM for um, just kind of any SaaS solution? You know, I'll, you know, um step out of my role as CEO and kind of draw a comparison to one of the first things when I did at Hyatt, which was uh, just trying to be a bit provocative. And this is uh, not unique to Hyatt. It's across the industry. And I would say it's probably more broadly than hospitality is people like to invest in technology and the bright and shiny objects, but they don't take mm -hmm. the time to truly activate that and get the most value for the technology itself. Yep. And I said, coming into my new role, I said, you know, the best thing we could do is stop doing anything new, stop buying new products, stop developing new products. Let's just take the time to focus on what we have and ensure that it's working, ensure that the hotels are getting the intended value for it. And to make sure it's great experiences for our colleagues, Hyde employees, and the guests. And that's very similar to when I was at TravelClick. I, when I joined as chief operating officer, you know, at a $30 million company, people were very happy and saying, you know, our retention rate was 85% and celebrating. And it was a, well, okay, 85%, is that really something to celebrate? Let's look at the 15% you're losing. So in order to grow your, your MRR and grow, uh, grow your ARR, your sales team has to first recover 15% before they get anywhere. Right. So understanding why people were leaving, and within a year, we got our 
uh, churn rate from 15% to sub 5%. Wow. And that's, you know, and it was as simple as monitoring customer engagement in the platform. How often are they logging in? Are they doing different actions? Fairly simple, and it seems common sense, but common sense isn't so common, is able to predict that 90% of the people who stopped logging in aren't going to renew. And then when we, we dug in and found out that of those 90% that stopped logging in, the reason they stopped logging in is they went someplace else and they didn't retrain the replacement. We didn't know a new person came in and therefore they did their job without the tool. So just monitoring engagements in the platform and when something changes, to proactively reach out to the customers. I always like to challenge anybody who's running a customer success or support organization, turn yourself into a proactive outbound support organization. If you're reactive, it's too late. So job one is you know, taking the churn rate and reducing that. And that makes your job that much easier from a sales standpoint. Making sure, you know, one of the things, first things I did uh, when we joined, when I joined, is our customer SAT scores were relatively solid. But I, and looking at our, our product roadmap as a new CEO, I needed to validate if we were focused on the right things. And we did a, uh, what's known as a SUS, software usability study. It's a standard 10 question um, uh, survey that is done in the SaaS world. And we found out that our end users were generally very happy with the usability of the product and the tool. But yet we were spending more time working and focusing on improving the usability of the tool. The further you got away from the end user and closer to the decision maker, that's where the opportunity was. And they didn't either understand the tool, didn't think they were getting value for price paid, or they wanted more from us. And so that opened up eyes and opportunity that we needed to focus more above property and enterprise and take that same group of product and engineering team to be focused more on what matters and move the needle. So in a recovery phase and working with constraints, it's very important to ensure that you are getting the most you can from the resources you have and that understanding, are you really meeting the customer needs? So it's really much making sure your initial house is in order, you have blocking and tackling place, you have a solid foundation in which to build, and that in and of itself, and just you know, driving churn rates from 20 you know, 20% down to 5%, you, the math is pretty easy there on what that adds to your MRR or, or your, um, your ARR. So, you know, focusing in on just ensuring the basics are there, get some wins on the board, get the team rallied around a common, uh, you know, cause and theme, um, you know, setting, I like to set, either short or midterm BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals are typically long-term. I have a tendency of doing those short-term, whether within a year or a two-year horizon. Common rallying crawl, cry, fewer things we're focused on versus trying to, to do too much. 
and you end up doing not enough. It, it, it's just common sense, basic uh, blocking and tackling. Okay, I, I love that. And I, I mean, I was just doing some quick math, and one of the things that you identified is that reducing that churn from twenty percent to five percent that. For a hundred thousand dollar deal, like let's say it's initial yep. hundred thousand dollar ACV, that drives a lifetime value from five hundred thousand to two million, right? Exactly. So, like a four x lifetime value, which is massive. Yep. Um, so I think that's a that's an awesome framework, and I I, I went through so, a couple PE cycles, and there were some positives to it, and there were some challenges to it as well. However, I think you know the the capital efficient approach you're taking and really looking at focusing on what you have so many people walk right by it and it's really interesting because that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm really adamant about companies using customer to prospect referrals because they they'll if they don't systemize it they've built up relationships for years and trust and equity and you know I know when I have something that I love I want to share it with my friends and so it's just prompting them to do that and then incenting them and then just things pipeline takes off. Yeah, and then so. you can extend it. I'm, I'm right there with you, Ryan. Uh, client referrals, those are easier to sell and more sticky. And then you look at also ways to improve the experiences along the way. And it's not just on the front end, top of the funnel. How do you engage them in best practices and creating a community model that people are going through the same thing and the opportunity to share stories on you know, the, you know, here's a problem I'm having. What are you doing about it? And, you know, moderating a community uh, where you're bringing like people together also, not just to sell them, but to get them excited and energized for what you're actually doing and getting more value. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're up on time, Jeff, but uh, well, that went by quickly. I told you, man, it goes by quick, man. We just we just hit hit the questions. And, um, you know, a lot of these interviews like this, I could probably talk to you for another couple of hours on it. But we do have day jobs that we got to go to. <laughs> so um, where can people find you? Where can they find more about Nolan? And, and then we'll uh, we'll take it from there. That's great. So uh, the company name, Noland, uh, Nolan, uh, the website, people can reach out and connect uh, to me through uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm very engaged in social. That was one of the things coming in as a new CEO, uh, getting comfortable uh, in a social model. I I never did posting uh, before, and uh, my my marketer just keeps jabbing me me (laughs) out there. So check me out uh, in LinkedIn. Uh, you know, and uh, honestly, I also, you know, I learned so much more. And while hospitality is my blood, I've been in it since high school. Uh, I learned so much from others that are outside of the hospitality sector as well. So love to extend my network, Ryan. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. It was a pleasure. I love your perspective and some really unique capital efficient approaches to, to growing the business and reframing it, especially after, you, you know, you took, it sounds like you took a punch to the eye, which is kind of the, the global situation on what's going on. So, but thanks for being on the show, man. It was, it was awesome okay. having you on. Go pack, go Ryan. Take care. I'm going to delete that part. That's getting edited out. I'm just throwing that in there. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering 
in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.